0: Welcome to the garage guys, NASCAR podcast. It is the off season. We're back. I'm joined with Dale Tanhart It me garage guy chase, and we're going to be talking about our favorite and least favorite NASCAR races of the 2022 season, along with three of our favorite betting hits of the 2022 NASCAR season. The show is brought to you by Hooters and, and Dale. I hear that Hooters has some football bundles now that the NASCAR and all racing is pretty much over. What what have you heard about these bundles?
1: Yeah, look, we all know Hooters is delicious on race day, but do not forget it is equally as tasty. On game day, football season is in the peak of the year right now. College football playoffs, bowl games are upon us. NFL is on the stretch to the playoffs you can get these three football bundles that are Garage Guys approved at your Hooters. That is 22 boneless, 5 tenders and curly fries for $35.99, 16 boneless, 15 bone in and curly fries for $39.99, and 22 boneless and 20 bone in for forty-nine ninety-nine. The football bundles are here. They're as lively as ever. You know, I forget, we know Hooters is for race day, but they are equally as delicious on game day. Go try out one of those football bundles today.
0: Yeah, it's true. And hey, if you're not really fond of football, that's okay. In the Garage Guys Discord, we have football channels so that you can learn and that you can bet. And you know what? Hey, maybe you forgot what day of the week football comes on. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore because when you go to Hooters, you can get a Hooters calendar as well. You get that with your order. They're out. The 2023 Hooters calendar is here. Don't forget to pick that up as well. When you go to Hooters and you use promo code garageguys, that's right, you can use it for to-go orders. You can use it for dine-in orders. And, you know, all you got to do is just use promo code garageguys. It's not any harder than that, I promise. Order.hooters.com, or you can go to the Hooters app, or you walk into a Hooters. And, and that offer is valid at participating locations for delivery, carry out. And and I guess dining orders, too, uh, $30 and more and $40 and more if you eat inside.
1: So yeah, you had that. to take the load on both of those that time
0: I did. I, I wanted to do it, though. I felt I felt like we we have a lot of back and forth there, but we love Hooters. And that's what we do. We we we, we take all the Hooters love. We condense it into one fine print and then we go forward because bundles and calendars. That's what matters right now. And this is pretty season, wild.
1: That's pretty wild that you can use our promo code to go towards the Hooters calendar. Isn't that yeah, wild? It is. I think that's like fucking cool.
0: It's it, it was news to me until a couple of weeks ago. It was incredible. And then I received it. But yeah, I've already looked through the Hooters calendar. It's great. Uh, some of the girls that we know are in there and, and they're fantastic. I mean, I mean the, these girls right here, top top of the line. Like, this is this is Miss America. But you know what? Miss Hooters is a little bit higher than Miss America, in my opinion. So always remember that. You gotta show the love for the Hoots, man. All day, every day. But Absolutely. Dale, yeah, man. I, I just want to know it's been a couple of it's it's honestly been days since we spoke. We've really just kind of been, I guess, taking the off season in. I, I did a little bit of F1. I did a little bit of Formula Uh. E. Um, I checked that out and uh and and watched the last race. We did a live stream. We had some of the uh the garage fam that joined into the live stream at like six in the morning. I looked like an old man drinking uh tea. I feel like that's what formula One fans do. So I, I kind of joined into that party for a minute. I wanted to kind of get in that world, hit a couple of formula one bets. Uh, it wasn't the worst. Definitely was not NASCAR though. I will say that. Our yeah. I, wa-
1: I did watch the race. It was, it was just typical formula one. It was Netflix subscriber hashtag net netflix subscriber racing you know Mm -hmm. i um the the best part of the race for me was uh sebastian sebastian vettel at the end of the race burning it down his final race which is crazy because there's some of the drivers that think he's not going to retire uh he's pretty young he's like 35 36 years old i think so
0: i didn't know that
1: yeah i think um that's an interesting that's an interesting interesting deal right there one of the greatest racers in the history of mankind. So four back-to-back championships
0: cool with Red Bull and Infinity. It was crazy. It was a wild time. And, and and I also was doing a little bit of looking around on the Twitter machine because the algorithms have realized that I've been watching more Formula 1. Lando Norris is taking over his spot at Aston Martin. And they were comparing it to like in 2003 when he started, and they thought they were going to be doing racing for Jaguar. Did Jaguar actually run in Formula? Uh?
1: Jaguar, I think Jaguar is running Formula One before. Yeah,
0: well, it was like green car, green car. I will say that even though that their their team has not been that that great, um, I, I actually kind of uh, kind of kind of dig the colors. And we all knew that Lando Norris was there. It was Fernando Alonso that i was trying to say there see i'm very new to formula uh, so i'm just i'm just kind of learning it you know but yeah i think jaguar
1: i think jaguar was in the sport when i was a kid i feel like i i remember jaguar jaguar racing or something like and this would have been mid-2000s i think but um, I, guess I might be a harder
0: it. F1 fan if, if they had Jaguar. Jaguar is pretty cool. Maybe Lincoln. They should get Lincoln. They could have Matthew McConaughey go to all the races. That'd uh, be let's,
1: just, let's just bring Chevy over there. Fuck it all up. Ford well, the well, Ford, Ford. would be the only American manufacturer that. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to talk about Chevy, Ford, Toyota, which is what NASCAR has, like Ford is the only true American manufacturer left. Let's bring them over there and just, just make an American flag paint scheme. And, and not it, even yeah. like race with respect just like when we're getting <laughs> laughed we just we just hit the drivers and just crash them. yeah
0: yeah the pull, pull a uh pull, pull pull a jimmy johnson we need a jimmy johnson formula uh. yeah ford versus ferrari would be real I, I would be a little torn though because i've I've kind of become a charles Le, Le, leclerc charles leclerc as i like to call him charlie claire charizard charles Kind of a fan of him. He got to finish second. Good for him. That's been formula uh, on the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. I think that's a pretty good ending point.
1: Yes, I agree. I think that's enough. I think that's enough of the Netflix club discussion. uh, This is not a Netflix club.
0: mm -mm, No, we're a real boys club, real boy racing club. And that's what we are. It's NASCAR RBC. We're the RBC. And that's what we do. Um, so let's go ahead and and dive into this, uh, this show. So obviously, like we talked about in the beginning, we're going to be giving you five of our favorite races, five of our least favorite races, and three of our favorite bets. I have a feeling that some of these are going to overlap. So I, uh, I know that we both got our list together. And I say we just go ahead and just get right to the point. We just lay our lists out for five favorite, five worst, and then we can discuss from there. I do want to go ahead.
1: Let's start with the worst. Let's start with the worst. Let's get the bad out of the way. Let's get the bad out of the way.
0: Yeah. Bad's always first for sure. But yeah, I wanted to say you go ahead, list out your five worst races of 2022, and I will follow suit and then we will discuss.
1: Yeah. So as we all know, this, I think it's a, it's a collective agreement that the 2022 NASCAR season was great. It was awesome. It was a success. Had some viewership increase from year to year, which was the first time we've had that in a long time. Um, there was a lot of excitement. I think the sport did an excellent job with advertising, with branding. We saw new sponsors come into the sport. We saw a lot of excitement, value raised with the Gen 7 car and the charter system showing a little bit of promise and then the ambition to try out new tracks so with this being considered this there were some bad moments in the season of course and you know we talk, we we've talked about that so much with the just the the kinks in the new car but if you want to pick the five worst races of the season and this also isn't based upon like an at track experience the way i wanted us to do this was based upon the quality of the races themselves. And I think that's, I think there will be some agreement from you guys and girls on our list because of the quality of racing. I think it's pretty obvious what number one is going to be, but this one I think is a little controversial. I will go ahead and start with number five. I think Bristol dirt, number five, worst race of the season. I think the event was great. Of course, the weather was kind of a pain in the ass. We kind of had to wait, wait around for a little while. The problem here with Bristol Dirt was there was very little passing. And that's purely like the opposite of typical dirt car racing. Like if you go watch sprint cars and, and late models on dirt, you, you typically see a lot of passing. And of course, those are completely different race cars, completely different drivers and series. But when NASCAR comes out here on dirt and there's no, no passing, uh, whoever was the leader was almost unpassable. The really the main guy that could pass in that race is Chase Briscoe, who chased Tyler Reddick down, and then they both wrecked, which sucked for betting purposes. Nonetheless, I think they need to, along with the idea that dirt should not be on that racetrack, we need we need a little bit we need a better quality race there. Essentially, is what I'm saying here. So I think that's my number five, Uh, Bristol Dirt, great event, Easter debatable. Quality of racing, I think, is certainly debatable, too. I didn't think it was very good, though. The finish of that race really saved that race on a pure level of excitement. Number four, Atlanta, and in particular, Atlanta, number two. I'm just not a fan of the style of racing they brought there. I think we're going to hurt restrictor plate racing. We're going to hurt the prestige of the Daytona 500 by adding pack racing at other racetracks. It's just such a bad idea. I think it's a toxic idea for the sport. So I hate both Atlanta races. I picked Atlanta too, just because I won money off of Atlanta one. So like that, if if I have to make a tiebreaker, I'm going to pick against where I made a lot of money, which I picked William Byron. So that was great. But regardless, I think both, you know, I just it's just not the style of racing we need at more racetracks. We get enough of that, enough of the calamity crashes, unpredictability at daytona and talladega so i'm not a fan of atlanta what it's going to become and you know i said atlanta too also because at least with atlanta one it was like a brand new concept it was a new idea it was kind of exciting so uh, i think the second time around the third time around fourth time around it will become less and less cool number three spring martinsville uh that race it was truly our first Short track race in the regular season, I believe the clash was of course at a, at a short track, but it, I thought that was, the clash was a pretty exciting race. Martinsville in the spring was terrible, absolutely terrible, very little passing. And it really sparked the concerns of the gen seven on short tracks. Hopefully we've made a lot of good changes heading into 2023 where the arrow issues will not impact the passing quality of the race. The fall Martinsville race was a lot better. The conditions were different. It wasn't freezing as cold and at night. So I think it helped a little bit, but Martinsville needs some work. And in particular Springs Martinsville, spring Martinsville goes as my number three worst race of the year. And then number two, Texas all-star race. And then number one, Texas in the fall, both these races were just fucking awful. And it's, it's just a product of what that racetrack has become. It's, it's obvious to me that we don't need a race there anymore. We need to bulldoze it. We need to figure something else out to bring uh, Texas Motor Speedway back to a respectable race each year. The All-Star Race was just a joke. And the Texas Fall Race was one of the worst races we've had on the schedule in years. Just a complete debacle when it comes to tires. and Someone could have been hurt very, very badly. Alex Bowman got a concussion. He was out for basically the rest of the season there was just so many bad bad qualities in that race that and and with that racetrack in particular that those are my clear cut number one number two worst races of the season so number five bristol dirt number four atlanta i don't care which one you pick but both not a fan of the quality of racing Number three, Spring Martinsville. Number two, all-star race at Texas. And then number one, the regular season race at Texas. So those are my five worst races of the year. I'm, I'm eager to hear your thoughts and, and your five now.
0: Well, now that we have your thoughts and analysis on all of these, I will say that, that while some of those were very shitty, I actually forgot that the all-star race at Texas even happened because of how shitty it was. Um, but because of the, the shittiness of just Texas in general, I, I think we can go ahead and just, I'm going to just consolidate a bit, um, clear cut, uh, Texas is on this list of mine, but I'm going to kick mine off. Uh, maybe, maybe an unpopular opinion. Maybe not the Daytona Coke zero sugar 400 is my five, to- or the fifth worst race of the year for me. And the main reason being because it was kind of just dull. You know, you get the Daytona 500 in the beginning of the year. Usually there's some type of excitement that comes from this race and it got rained out and it was in the daytime and it was just trash can. You know, anytime that you have a night race that has to be in the daytime, it becomes trash can. In my opinion, I like my night races. I'm a big night race guy. So that already pissed me off for two. We had just this elongated gap that we had to wait now i know there's one guy in america that this was definitely not a bad race for because he won like a million fucking dollars um so that's good for him bad for my viewership bad for my eyes was not a huge fan of that there was just too many things that went in a weird direction but good race for some of the back marker teams that are out there shout out to my guy, Cody, Ware, he did great in that race. He finished top 10. So that was kind of like the silver lining right there in the end. So I'll just say Coke zero sugar, Four Hundred, fifth uh, fifth worst race of 2022. In my opinion, number four is Martinsville in the spring for me. And that's just because the whole race was a tragedy. It was a great time that weekend for us, but the race itself was a tragedy. I don't think I need to say too much more about it. That was one that was on your list as well. Number three, and this is where I'm a little sad because I didn't want this to be a bad race, but the Roval, I really did not enjoy the Roval this year. The Roval usually comes with some some pretty high action-packed stuff. And then right there at the end, you know, we had the, the conspiracy of the sign, the sign conspiracy, just appeared out of nowhere. You know, don't want anyone to forget about that. Who put that sign there? That's a question that no one has answered yet. We need to figure that out. Uh, the, the racing, there wasn't as much passing as I had hoped. Uh, and, and it took them to have to get bunched up to create uh, what ended up just basically being complete and utter turmoil. Uh, it did not go the way it needed to go. We'll put it that way. Uh, so I was a little disappointed in the Roval. Hope to see a better performance at the Roval next year. Number two is Phoenix. This is where I would put the Texas All-Star Race if I would have remembered that it happened. I did not remember that it happened, though. So Phoenix, I I was disappointed in that race as well. And I think that we have talked a lot about that on the show that we did. If you haven't listened to our NASCAR season finale episode, go and listen to that. We have a lot of thoughts and a lot of opinions on that. We just don't really feel like the championship offers much excitement in Phoenix because of the way that this car is and the performance that it has at these types of tracks. Hopefully they can find a way to make that better again. And Joey Logano one, nobody remembered Joey Logano except for the people that like Joey Logano. And I've discussed that as well on BWB about, he doesn't really have much marketability. He wears JC penny button downs on the sidelines at NBA games. It just, there wasn't as much of excitement as there should have been. We'll put it that way. Number one, Texas and that's no surprise we hate Texas and Texas hates us and there's really nothing more to say about that it was a shit fest from the jump I stopped watching the race I never went to finish the replay happy for Tyler happy for Red Dog not happy for my eyeballs and for all the tires that died that day and that is my five worst races of the year that
1: was it's clear and every I think everybody would agree that I think most rational people would agree that Texas is number one it was a disgrace. Yeah. Now, I will say Daytona is like my honorable mention, and it was not a good race either. And you were, you're were you on the money about why it wasn't a good race. But I guess I kind of went with Bristol over that, Bristol Dirt over that because of the, my opinion there is like, day, that, sometimes that's typical Daytona, you know, like rain and wrecks. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times that will sh- overshadow Daytona. Summer Daytona. Daytona. For sure. Yeah. Well, hey, look, Daytona 500 has been rained out a good bit too over the past decade, but um,
0: knocking
1: on wood. I don't want to. I don't. I didn't want to use like NASCAR officiating, even though it's it's a it's a huge element that I think can dictate whether a race is good or bad. And it's like the worst element. And it did dictate that being a worst race because, you know, 30 drivers, 25 drivers crashed because of the rain. Um, yeah. It's not so much of NASCAR's fault.
0: It's more, it's more of God's fault because it rained and it wasn't nighttime.
1: Yeah. We could just blame God on that one. I'd I'd
0: pray about it, but I mean, he's, he, you know, he, he made the sky cry, dude. I don't really know what else to say. Um, But what I was was going to say,
1: what I was going to say was I I picked Bristol dirt as my number five, just because like, I'm in pure disagreement that we lose a a Bristol concrete race Mm -hmm. to, you know, them throwing dirt on the track and the racing wasn't like spectacular. It wasn't great. As I said, like until the end, no one could really pass. And Chase Frisco was one of the only people that could go dive into a corner and pass guys. It it was, it was really tough to pass. And that's not what you want to see out of a dirt race. You want to see the ability of guys to do what they can do at Eldora, like the truck series at Eldora. Oh my God. There's so much opportunity to pass. Like it's not like it's easy, but it definitely was more, more common to, to make passes than what we saw at Bristol dirt in the spring. And I think we should always have two Bristol concrete races, but yeah, I think I think I think we see eye to eye on most of these things.
0: We do, we do that, and I mean, and you're gonna get that from us. I mean, we're I mean we're the garage guys. I mean, we we're around each other long enough to where we 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 have these conversations throughout the year. I mean, we're, we're preparing for these things. We're preparing for these statements. The one thing I will say though, with Bristol Dirt, is that. I, I was going to have it as one of, one of my favorite races, but like I just remembered there was a couple of other races that were way more of a favorite race. And the reason that it was, in my opinion, an okay race, not the fact of me betting on Kyle Busch when no one else did because it was Easter Sunday and God and the Dale Earnhardt thing, but because of the fact that as a, uh, a one-man or a one-anime man, I don't like Japanese cartoons. But there's one of them that I've watched, and it's Initial D. And if you don't know what Initial D is, it's about drifting. And it's the closest thing that I get to NASCAR's drifting all year long. So I do enjoy watching those cars get sideways on purpose uh, as they go around that track. So that is the one thing that's saved. Bristol dirt from making the worst race of all time list and many people may have controversial opinions about the reason why I don't think it's bad and I personally don't give a shit
1: you know I think I think there would be people surprised that I didn't have Phoenix in my list especially because I just wrote that article about Phoenix I don't think it was a hit piece Uh, you had Phoenix in your list but I don't think and I don't think it was a hit piece that phoenix is a bad racetrack or a bad place like phoenix is phoenix man and phoenix always has this kind of race every year like whether it was a spring race where chase briscoe won or the championship race where logano won it doesn't matter what car we have it doesn't matter what era it doesn't matter what drivers this is the kind of racing that phoenix always has so like it doesn't stick out to me it's like what i expect but when you look at martinsville which is typically a good race exciting with the gen six and all eras before it was an awful race i mean it was fucking terrible so like that sticks out more than something like phoenix which is typically the same style of racing in every era every style of race car phoenix is phoenix martinsville's got to be better than that you know atlanta hate the style of racing that we're going to see there for probably the next at least the next decade or two which sucks but you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we talk about you know, we're flaming these races right now, like just roasting why they're bad. But you have to reiterate, the season was awesome. There was not a lot of bad races, in my opinion. So always trying to find the positive part out of all this. And when you look at Martinsville, I think it could be better. Look at Bristol Dirt, I think it could be better. When you look at Phoenix, probably not because it's Phoenix. Uh, Texas yes it could be better And it will start with a fucking bulldozer We all know yeah. that Bring the
0: dirt track there I, I think that I, I literally have made That recommendation to multiple people And they feel me on that Like I've had voicemails People calling in about Texas on BWB Talking about it Everyone that I've spoke to Is like I think that A fucking dirt race in Texas Would be pretty fucking cool Because they have a great facility Right across from the future bulldoze site where texas motor speedway is that they could use as a dirt race and then we could have two concrete bristols and then i would still get to see the cars go sideways and i'd be a happy man
1: i think i don't think that's a bad idea but i think and that's a better idea if you can make it happen than turning an awesome track into a dirt track right like texas is dead you know it's so fucking dead you got hundreds of thousands of people driving around Texas and they just don't even know. They They're have at the no Bucky's. desire to go to the Yeah, they'd rather go sit at Bucky's. They're across hours. the
0: street, dude. They're like, "Oh, there's a race going on over there?" I thought that was Bro, just ex- like like on the speakers at Bucky's. I didn't exactly.
1: know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like it's dead in the water. We can turn that into dirt. <laughs> I like the idea of turning it into a uh, a high bank short track. Something kind of like Bristol. That would be cool. Uh, you know, with with these cars they, they perform better and put on a better show with progressive banking. And not like anti, certainly like anti flat racetracks, they race a little bit better on. So, yeah, make a high bank short track out of it where you have a lot of passing options to mitigate the dirty air problem that we've experienced in 2022, or make it dirt. In, in, in your opinion, I think that could also work. So,
0: or yeah. they could try to rival Coda and they could create a uh, road course in the shape of Texas, the state no. of
1: Texas. That's, that, that's a unique idea but i think mm-hmm. we i think we're good on the road courses because that's now a we're Texas gonna have this idea well we're gonna start having street courses so now we, we don't want more road courses now because we're gonna start adding street courses because part of nascar wants to be like formula one i don't mm-hmm. care what anybody says we're seeing that because we're gonna be racing on the streets of chicago article came out this week about potentially racing on the streets of vegas just like Ooh. formula One is gonna do next year so yeah i mean We need need to make up a few more short track ovals, I think. Maybe even a mile and a half, but yeah.
0: Well, if you know, I had a dream the other night, and before we get to our best races of the year, I just wanted to say, going back to Phoenix, I don't know if this would ever be a possibility, but what if for the NASCAR championship in Phoenix to make it less dull, they had a gauntlet where, and maybe just for a championship in general, what if you had to run an oval, and a road course race and made it a two day championship with the point standings and the best people out of those races, the highest in the points they do the oval, they do the road course. Whoever has the highest points after both of those days is the champion. And if it comes down to like a tiebreaker, they do an NHRA drag race style that would set NASCAR apart from the world. And that would make them the greatest racing in the world because they're covering all grounds of racing.
1: I like everything except the NHRA part. Just a I don't drag think, race. I don't like the drag race idea on the street. So I, I think I think that will. I actually think that will would delegitimize it a little bit.
0: It I actually don't 100%. hate that idea
1: of the oval on the road course. though. but we would have to have teams bring. The logistics would be would be tough. You'd have to. We'd have to have teams probably bring two different race cars. Or as soon as one race is over, you have to make a lot of changes on that. One car to race the road course.
0: You'd have to cut a race or two in the season. I would think you, you would do like, then I feel like if you cut like one or two races out, it would make up for that. Like Texas, like you could cut Texas and then now you have room to do that. That wouldn't be a bad idea.
1: Maybe so. I'm tired of talking about Texas, so I want to talk about yeah. some good things in life, not All right. God, abominations of God. So, well, I've, let me got, hear, I've got this yeah, list. You go for it. Let's, let's hear your top five best races of the year.
0: All right. So top five favorite races of the year. Race number uh, five, Nashville. Why Nashville, Chase? Well, let me tell you this. For one, I love the track. I love everything that they have going on there. The vibe is always great. The race started out great that day. There was a rain out, but we got to watch it under the lights. And that's what made it extra exciting. Now, during this race, I know that you and I both got separated, Dale. But in the beginning of the day, we were there. We got to see everything going off track. House was like at its peak of just like dominating at that time. So like they're running out there and everything was looking pretty great. Bubba Wallace, the the qualifying had went great. Like in practice, he was fastest, but then something happened. There was a lot of excitement built around that. There was a lot of drama in there. We, We had a lot of misleading practice and stuff. So it was kind of like just this cluster of surprise. And I'm a big fan of surprises. So whenever that started out, that was great. Then we had the long delay, right? When you get back to the track, it's like nothing skipped a beat. And then it was just literally like right there at the end. I mean, you had like two, it was Chase Elliott, Kyle Busch, Martin Trex were all up there just kind of back and forth battling for it. Kyle Busch had this one run where he just fucking went off and he was in the dog food car. We were yelling dog food like as he was just going around and around. I had money on him. I was excited. But then – Here comes Bill's boy, passes him. It was just, it was a great race, man. And it was just one of those spectacular races that I didn't think would happen, in my opinion. Like, because of the vibe, because of the track, I didn't know what to expect, right? And so I was pretty surprised at how it turned out. And I was happy at the result, even though I didn't win money. Nashville would be number five. Number four is the Coca Cola 600. And the reason that I love this race, number one, it's at night. Number two, we had a lot of fucking action in this race. There was a lot of passing. The product on the track kind of resulted from what we had saw earlier with the intermediates. They were worried about the tires. There was some slight issues here and there with that stuff, and especially towards the end that happened. But it ended up just being entertaining throughout, usually a race that most people would sleep through. Uh, for years now they've just slept through it people were on twitter talking about it there was hardly any nap time and if there's hardly any nap time at a coke 600 in my opinion that makes it a great race which is another reason why it was one of my favorites of 2022 number three indie road okay vibe good the fucking facility is, is amazing. You can't beat Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You 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 taught me about that. I got to learn, and I've fallen in love with that track. And the race itself, Red Dog, he just got out there. He made it happen. We got to see just, like, the, the beauty of it going all around. And then we got that last lap thing where Ross Chastain just basically just tried to, like, pretend that no one was watching what he was doing and just came out of nowhere. It was an exciting finish. Red dog still got it done. And it was one of the best post races. I think that, that I've ever been a part of just the whole celebration of Indy and winning an Indy road course race. Like we've saw, we got to see a, uh, AJ Allmendinger win that race and, and the vibe of the, the feeling that you get uh, being there. And also just from like rewatching it on television, like seeing what it is because of how much joy and excitement that these drivers get from winning at a place like this. There's only been two of these races thus far. There's no telling how much more exciting that it may become. And even though a lot of people do miss the Brickyard 400, I do think that the Verizon 200 has a lot to offer. And that's what makes it one of my favorite races of not just 2022, but of, you know, moving forward out of all of the road course races, I would probably have to put that at number one.
1: Well, the level I mean, of prestige, man, the level of prestige of Indy is, is next level. And it still hasn't lost that even with NASCAR going with. It has lost it to a certain degree, no doubt, but it's still there even on the road course. Yes.
0: Point. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. I knew I knew you were going to have to cut in on that because I know that your love for Indy is like through the roof as well. So appreciate you for sharing that love and for me to learn that and, and feel that and understand that. Number two. No problem. Yeah, man. You're the man for that. Number two, Las Vegas in the fall. We were both at that race. It was exciting. We both lost our ass on that, but we loved to watch the loss happen because of how good Team Penske was, because of how good Joey Logano was, the line that he was running, the whole race itself. There was, there was good passing. There was good action. It was just, it's a spectacle to watch, especially in person, but on television, even earlier in the year, the intermediates have been some of the best racing that we probably got in years out of NASCAR with this new car. And it's only going to get better. So Las Vegas definitely goes to number two. Of course, I could say the town itself, you know, it's a, it's, it's a gambler's town. It's a town for suckers. And, and it's okay, but at that track, those mountains, uh, everything that we saw on the track and how it relayed, the, the teams came to play that day, it, it was great racing, and it was real racing, and that's what I love to see. Number one has to be the Wise Power 400 Auto Club. There's nothing like the excitement of the beginning of a NASCAR season, and when we got to that race, no one knew what we were going to see at the intermediate tracks, and my God, it was one of the most impressive, amazing, badass things I think that any of us saw. The hype of that race lives on. It's still one of our most played podcasts this year, topping the charts, honestly, because of how good it was. And I think it just has to do with searchability because of how many people watch it. It was just an exciting time. It was a new thing. And then we got totally shocked and surprised by some of the cars and how they ran and where they ran. So there was just a lot of elements that made that a great race. Still my favorite race of the 2022 season. That was the wise power 400, which is at auto club. So to recap, number five, Nashville, number four, the Coca-Cola 600, number three, Indy road, number two, Las Vegas in the fall, And number one auto club. That is my top five favorite races of 2022 Dale,
1: Love it. Absolutely love it. I didn't have a road course in my top five, but the drama at the end of the Indy road course was, was incredible. And, uh, that'd probably be, I'd probably be close to my honorable mention other than Vegas fall, Vegas, like you said, fall Vegas is a great race. Um, but I don't want to put the same track twice in, in my top five, and I think Vegas Spring was a little bit of a better race, honestly. The way it, it the the battle at the end of the race was was pretty close with what Chastain and Logano went through, but with Kyle Busch and Truex going at it, then you get a late race caution, then you get some strategy, the two tire stops versus four tire stops. Like love that Vegas. But before I get to that one, Dega Fall is my number five, and simply because. Super Speedway racing has been plagued by the the persistence of massive crashes. And it's gotten, a, it's gotten pretty old, to be honest. I think a lot of people would agree with that statement, that idea. And this race was so refreshing because there, there was not a, a massive wreck in this race. I think there was one little wreck that had like four or five cars in it, maybe a little bit more, but we had long green flag racing for most of the time and it came down to an amazing finish and we didn't crash at the finish line either which never happens i feel like so that's got to be my number five because it was such a refreshing super speedway race a lot of natural green flag racing not a massive crash that overshadowed everything I, i just i really really appreciated that race because we saw something play out with a lot without a lot of the chaos that we typically see at the super speedways. And I feel like the networks and NASCAR eats up the races that have all the crashes and stuff. Like it brings up all the highlight reels and you just get a little bit tired of that. So it was really cool that fall Dega turned out the way it did. It, it was respectful racing, a respectful finish and all exciting at the same time. So Dega is my number five. Vegas Spring is my number four, as I was talking about a little while ago. The battle, it was the beginning of Gen 7, seeing how the cars were going to race at at Auto Club and Vegas and Phoenix. And the hype was real. Like you said with Auto Club, the hype was real and the racing was, was excellent. And it was the beginning of finding out that this car performs exceptionally on this type of racetrack. The battle at the end between Kyle Busch and Martin Truex was amazing. And then you throw in the strategy calls at the end with a late race caution, just made it all that much better. Alex Bowman steals the race with a two tire pit stop and a faster pit stop, uh, than everybody else and out duels Kyle Larson at the end. So I love the elements of that late race and everything that led up to that point was really exciting. And it, it forecasted what the, the mile and a half are going to be like. So Love that race. That's my number four. Uh, Number three, I'm going to go with Kansas Spring. Same kind of reasons. These tracks like Charlotte, Kansas, Vegas, we can always, like later in runs, the drivers can go up and run the wall. And when the tires start to wear out, it creates an exciting element when everybody starts trying to roll the bottom and make slide job style passes. It's so much fun to watch. Vegas Fall was like this, Vegas Spring was like this, Auto Club was like this, and Kansas was like this, and you had an amazing late-race battle between Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, and Kurt Busch, three of the best wheelmen in the business going at it, and Kurt Busch getting the win in that number 45, that crazy cool fucking Michael Jordan paint scheme. Just loved that race, and not only just because it was Denny Hamlin's first win for the number 45 team, But it was just an exciting, super exciting outcome. And I think everybody appreciated how good that race was. Um, Number two for me is Auto Club. It's crazy because this new car has just made Intermediates so fucking exciting. And the aero package from 2019 to 2021 killed Intermediates. It made me despise every time an Intermediate race was coming. I mean, it was brutal how bad the aero package was. Take it out of the driver's hands. Dirty air still is a problem, but it was just horrendous during that era of the uh, high downforce, low horsepower. And even before that, the the intermediates had gone kind of stale, dating back to 2018. So to see the revamping of these kind of racetracks was really fucking cool in 2022. And Auto Club, like you said, the hype was so real. I was so on edge. I'll never forget talking to my dad because we didn't go to that race, but I'll never forget talking to my dad being so scared. I was like, man, like this is a huge moment for NASCAR right now. This race right here, because these cars, if they race terrible, like we're in trouble. And we we got a little bit of scare because we did experience some tire problems and those tire problems certainly lingered throughout the season. And I think we can, you know, we we got better with it and we can mitigate that problem much more, uh, in the future, hopefully, but the race itself was amazing. You have guys like Daniel Suarez and Tyler Reddick's dominating the race before he has an issue. Daniel Suarez is really good. Eric Jones is really good. People just did not see that kind of shit coming. And that was an amazing indicator of what was to come because you had these underdogs show that they were legit very early in the season. And guys like Daniel Swords and Eric Jones were good throughout the entire year.
0: One so race that was really
1: cool. And of course, even throughout all this, all the pandemonium, all the underdogs showing their teeth, Kyle Larson, the defending champion, somehow still wins that race. And, uh, and Austin Dillon sneaks up at the end and almost wins it out of nowhere. Like super fucking awesome, dramatic finish. And all around a great race outside of the tire issues. But my number one, is the coca-cola 600 that race as you said earlier is a, a lot of times a great race to fall asleep to because it is so long i mean we're talking five to six hours worth of racing memorial day weekend going up with the indy 500 indy 500 starts it out then you have the 600 600 has been kind of stale as of recent and this race was so exciting you had every single element you did have some tire issues, but as I kind of stated earlier, the the lines they were running, like you had guys going to the top. That was like the preferred line, but guys could also pass. Guys could send it into the corner, deep on the bottom, and make slide job passes, and the banking, the progressive-style banking, high-banked racetrack, really, really suits this race car, and I don't think anybody suited it better than Charlotte Motor Speedway and the Coca-Cola 600. Dramatic finish. Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe going at it with just a few laps to go. Briscoe spins out by going full send, as we've fucking seen from that guy. Just full send, Chase Briscoe into the corner, spins out a couple laps to go. Uh, Denny Hamlin out of nowhere steals this one after we go into overtime, crash after crash. And Chris Busher did like a fucking barrel roll in that race, too. You had every element possible in this race, a lot of wrecks barrel rolling crashes that's when i said nascar was officially back when barrel rolls are back nascar is back
0: (laughs) no uh, yeah
1: that that race was just awesome i i I had such a great time watching that race it was it it amazed me just time after time when it winded down to the end and denny hamlin wins his first ever coke 600 something he had never won which uh would surprise a lot of people and surprise me when i didn't even realize that at the end so the glorious moment yeah, it's just it blows my mind how it's all shifted. I can't reiterate it enough how it's it's crazy how it shifted. The short tracks were very meh this year, and the intermediates, high speed racetracks were fucking electric. So love that, man. I know I'll go on and on and on about it. I'm actually watching a replay of the 600 right now. I've been watching it the whole time since we started the podcast.
0: I think I think that that means that it's probably it's probably best. I, I feel like I know we're going to talk about our bets, but you've already got the 600 on. We just got done talking about it. Both of us thought it was one of our favorites. We got our three favorite bets of the year, and and I just feel like it's just appropriate right now. My, my number three favorite bet of the year was betting on Denny Hamlin to win the Coke 600 at plus 1,200. That was one of the, like, the best moments ever because I think that I was like one of the only people that bet on Denny Hamlin to win that race. And for it to actually hit the way that it hit when I didn't really think there was a way for it to hit, I was just like, I remember like walking outside for a bit and because at the time, I have cable because I'm a big dial-up guy. I have cable at my house, like your grandparents might have. And I remember, like, for some reason, our TV had started, like, fucking up. And I had no clue what the fuck was happening. My internet service, I had no Wi-Fi at my house at the time. So, like, it literally was just, like, I couldn't get anything to load. I had to walk out on the street to get shit to work. And then I just see that he wins it, and I just erupt, dude. Like, it was one of the most incredible that was one of the best wins that I had this year, for sure. I was, yeah, I was, that.
1: I was in Indy. I definitely did not bet on Hamlin. Uh, I, Daniel Suarez had the best car, dude. God, and he was like plus six, five thousand, six thousand. I, I bet remember I so much this year. He was so good, and um, just made one critical error, and he was in that crash with Busher when he went airborne and flipped. So that was tough. But the race itself, I really didn't even care about the money I lost because it was so fucking exciting. So, yeah. Yeah. I, what was I,
0: your third favorite bet of the year?
1: Um, yeah, on the same topic, talking about Chase Briscoe, it had to be Briscoe at Phoenix. I uh, That was, again, we talked about the early stages, and uh, that shocked everybody. It, it even surprised me a little bit. He was like my fourth guy, the last guy I added, uh, last guy I bet on to win. At plus five thousand, that was definitely my biggest hit of the year in the Cup Series, and I basically just saw his. He had some decent speed in practice. The books were kind of overlooking him a bit, and he went out there and just had an awesome race from start to finish. I was out dueling Chase Elliott. Had some late race cautions come out in that race, and and pulled away there at the end. Falled off a hard-charging Tyler Raddick, and a hard-charging Ross Chastain, who were also hungry for their first ever win. So that was a really cool one, and that's definitely my number three just because it was – 50 to one. It doesn't you happen all the no time. You had No
0: words. Yeah, you had no words. I'll never forget seeing your tweet. Like yourself, usually, like whenever you'll do, you know, you do your celebrations, I do my celebrations, whatever. But like your celebration for that was just you pouring beer on your head. Uh, and that yeah, was yeah, that. yeah, it was hilarious, man. So that, that was a huge hit. I I was I'm not gonna lie, like I was jealous, dude, because I was like, fuck. I, I had Chastain, he finished second. And, and Chastain had the same fucking odds as Briscoe. And I was just like, God damn it. Like, and, But it was cool, and I was glad, but I was like, what a fucking hit. That was a home run times a million right there.
1: Yeah, it could have been either or, man. Chastain was yeah. so good in that race, too. That was just crazy times, dude. As much as I struggle with picking the right underdogs throughout 2022, that one definitely – sticks out and uh, thank goodness for that one because it was it, it got a lot tougher as the year went on didn't pick Eric Jones at Darlington or um uh, who were some other big underdogs I don't know, I don't there, know. there were a lot of Bubba time. Wallace um yeah. I think even Kurt Bush you had at Kansas when he won that was another big one so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. um I, I will say going to number two another one that I feel like people did kind of sleep on this bet for me was totally based off of, uh, a meme, uh, that I created also because of, uh, a, a vibe that a, a certain person, uh, gave off while we were in a certain location. And while you did hate Atlanta, I will say that my second favorite bet of the year had to be chase Elliott winning Atlanta. Number two I think it was plus I think he was plus one thousand or plus twelve hundred. It was one or the other. I don't have the exact odds on that. But he's the hometown guy. He'd never won in Atlanta before. And I felt like it wasn't really getting the justice it needed. So I was like, you know what? I, I wasn't gonna add any more bets for that race. And then I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. And I added the bet because number one, it was the first race where he walked out with the mustache. He was in a press conference. He had just shaved the mustache and I was feeling it. And for number two, we went to Hooters on that day. And when we were at Hooters, I will never forget. We had one of the most electric waitresses that was also in our video as well that we did. And you can go back on garage guys, fantasy sports, YouTube, and you can check that out. And, Right now, at this very moment, I just feel like dog poop because I cannot remember her fucking name to save my life, and I feel like I should remember that name forever. But we gave her a nickname, and she was fucking epic. She also did a video with us as well. So we have her right here. Let's see. I'm looking this up because I know on Garage Guys, you did your. we did our promo video where you and I were with her. And then we also did the video. I want to say it started with a T. Do, do you remember by any any means? Because I I can did scroll I Insta. I know. I'm I'm. I'm we met a lot me, of people. We met a lot of people this year, guys, especially a lot of great Hooters girls out there. And sometimes in our minds, we have a lot of numbers, a lot of odds, a lot of NASCAR statistics to remember, you know, a lot of gut boy specials to remember. It can be kind of tough. All right. So here we go. Victory Lane Lorraine. Lorraine, yeah, that's victory it. lane yeah, yeah, yeah. Lorraine. This is what I, I said. Chase grew a mustache, he officially has a mustache. Men with mustaches do great things. And I was already leaning betting on Chase because of the energy possessed by victory lane Lorraine at Hooters. It was plus 1000.
1: Lorraine was a legend.
0: God, she was man, and that was a great. We got to do really good content with that, but to see Chase do that, and then I got the the epic mustache photo with him and Victory Lane with the peaches, it was just great all around because he got his hometown win. We hit the bet and Victory Lane Lorraine, so that's number two for me, um, uh, for the 2022 season.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say my number two would have been Austin Dillon at Daytona because. For all the reasons that race was bad, it made this bet good. Like, the the crash happened, and you just – everybody's in it. I mean, everybody's in it, and you just see your guy that you talked about all week as, like, the top underdog play just squeal right through. And, and it was so electric because I was at Hooters right across the street because we knew rain was coming, and we didn't want to get stuck inside the track, and they all were about to leave and fly out. All my guys that are in my fantasy football league, because we expected the race to be on Saturday night and it got rained out. Everybody had to leave on Sunday. We were at Hooters watching when that happened, and we were all betting on Austin Dillon. So everybody got up and started yelling because we I was like, dude, that's that's Austin Dillon, he just got through. Like everybody was like, Holy shit, he's the only car left. <laughs> yeah. Because at the at the time when it showed, like he was the only guy that had gotten through. Everybody else was like waiting behind the pile of cars before they, you know, before they kept going. It was, and then you had to wait, you had to wait like three hours because of the rain. NASCAR refuses to call the race to like, as a makeup call because they didn't want the race to in that way. So now I'm sitting there like, fuck man. Like now there's no way Austin Dillon is going to win this race. Cause we're going to get restarted. And that, that would just be my luck. I'm driving. I'm on the road at this point, like driving home, watching the race on my phone. And he wins it, and it was electric. It was just like the amount of waiting, the amount of nerves. Oh, like it sucked, but it made the win that much better because it was an underdog play, and I had to wait for it. I had to wait hours and hours and hours for it because of the rain delay, the crash, and all that. So that's definitely my number two. I couldn't imagine that too, because
0: I remember like like seeing like the video that you had after he survived, but then like there was like the looming question of whether it was gonna, you know, be ended pretty much or whether it was gonna continue, what they were gonna do. And there was so much at stake too. I mean, you had like the Blaney True X thing happening, like to figure out who was gonna make the playoffs. There was a lot going on there at the end of that, and that did make it a little bit suspenseful. So I will say that. So maybe so that's that's the plus. For the worst, my my fifth worst race of the year. That was the plus. There's that Dale got to hit the plus three thousand on on eighty three, and he made it go down. So that yeah. that's what that's the silver lining.
1: You want to add um, a, an honorable mention there on the opposite direction. My I mentioned my fantasy football league came down, and most of them got to experience their first ever race. My buddy, the night before for the or I guess it would have been two nights for the Xfinity race, asked me. He was like, "All right." If you had to put a thousand dollars on one guy, it may have been five thousand. He put a shit ton. It's like give me one guy to put the house on, and I was like Austin Hill, no question about it. Who was who was my top play? And Austin Hill was the guy, was in the position to win that race with two laps to go, and the Mm. cautions kept happening, and he runs out of gas right in front of us. Mm. So that, oh, my body was. Very, very upset, and I do not blame him.
0: You know who wasn't oh, yeah. upset that night, though?
1: Ah, uh, Whoever had fucking Jeremy Clements. Mark from I...
0: Mississippi.
1: Oh, God, of course. <laughs> of <laughs> he course. Bet on
0: a Jeremy Clements, dude.
1: That's crazy, bro. <laughs> he was
0: like, it's a great day for me. I'm pretty sure that that dude made up for every bet he made in the year, maybe even in 2020. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he probably oh, did. Shout out that, to yeah. Mark. But that yeah, Clements it was insane.
0: Yeah. Plus 10,000 on that bet. That's that, that, those are the legendary bets right there. Like no one tell everybody talks about what happened to the one guy on FanDuel, but no one talks about, you know, Mark from Mississippi on Clement. So we got to give a shout out there. Um, My number one bet of the year. And this is kind of, I, I, I couldn't do this and you mentioned it already, but I couldn't do this without lumping them together. So it's just Kansas. I officially became the king of Kansas this year. Uh, Kurt Busch plus 2000 in the spring Kansas, Bubba Wallace plus 2000 in the fall Kansas. Kansas was so fucking good to me for a track that we've never been to, for a track that, you know, we really didn't have a lot of interest in going to. It, it has been very good. And I almost feel obligated to go there now. And so, like, I feel like I need to go there now. Like sports betting is legal there. The Hollywood casino that's there, you can actually bet on the race. So I feel like now it probably is going to be okay to, to, to be a part of that and go there at some point. So Kansas we're open to travel, but there was just nothing better than that first one coming down. It was the Jordan car that Kurt Busch was in, you know, 23 XI's first win Uh, I remember watching practice. I was in Gulf Shores, Alabama. We were there for a family trip, and I was watching in our Airbnb. And I saw that car, and everybody was just like all over Chris Bell and Tyler Reddick, and I was just like – Man, I was like, Michael Jordan ain't never had a car run in NASCAR until right now in this minute. It's it's literally like I'd always like dreamed about like how badass a Jordan car would look and it's there. And then he was like pretty fast. And I was like, there's no way I'm not betting on this at plus two thousand. I hammered it and it worked out. And then we get to Bubba Wallace running the 45 in the fall. And because he was running the 45, I was like, dude, they've got to bring the same car to that racetrack. They're not going to bring any type of a different car, the same setup, the same car. It's going to be there. That car right there just kicked ass. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt, if bubble was in that car, it was going to be a win and it worked out and it turned out. And it was obviously, there was a no brainer that that was my favorite bets of the year but it gets to be lumped into one because it happened at the same track. So shout out to Kansas, shout out to Bubba and Curtin 23XI, Denny and Michael Jordan. We had a great year and I appreciate y'all. So that was my oh, don't one.
1: forget though that Bubba did win last year. So they had already gotten a win. They just hadn't yeah. won. The 45 hadn't won yet. So, right. Yeah.
0: It was the 45. So shout out to the 45. I'll say that. Shout out to the 45. Getting yeah, the
1: that's crazy. Game. That's crazy they had a they brought that car to Vegas and Bubba had a fucking lightning fast car there too yes, or not yes. Vegas that was uh yeah yeah that was Vegas yeah it was yeah. Vegas he could have won he, Vegas yeah certainly um I like those the Kansas races were were really really good um but my number one is going to be Daniel Suarez at Sonoma yeah. because uh and I think he was either plus two thousand plus three thousand but I been betting four. I had been – maybe it was four. I had been batting on Suarez for a minute because the speed in his race car was just – I mean, it was like Ross Chastain. You know, they both were so fast. He was due. Uh, it was going to come somewhere. And also thinking about how fast he was at Coda. Him and Ross Chastain both were like the cars to beat at Circuit of the Americas. Daniel Suarez comes out there. With all the bad luck he's had, as we said earlier, the Coke 600, he had a lightning fast car at Auto Club, Kansas, and uh, a lot of bad luck along the way. This was the race. We finally got some good luck. Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson both made mistakes, knocked themselves out of contention of winning, and then Daniel Suarez had to outduel the likes of Chris Buster, who was really good on the road courses this year, Michael McDowell, who was also really good at the road courses this year, and he takes it home for his first ever win, Sixth celebration, Dropped an F-bomb on in the interview. We love when drivers say fuck on national TV. It's like my favorite thing ever. He, uh, he accomplished all those things and brought the bag home, and it was, it was awesome. It was absolutely electric, and it was a big, fat hit, too. So that's got to be my number one. Daniel Suarez at Sonoma.
0: We had some exciting times. Yeah, I, I'll, I, the, I'll just remember, like, that race ending and just be a mind fuck that Chris Busher finished second and did not see that shit coming. But Daniel Suarez was huge, dude. Like, I get that it. was
1: He punched a taco piñata, dude. He did. I'll go ahead and tell you, dude. I think next year Chris Busher will win on a road course. Yeah, they they made it. some remarkable strides at RFK, and especially with Chris Busher, dude. I mean, he was close. He had top 5 speed most of the races. So, you want to go an early long shot for some road courses, Chris Busher 2023. You you watch out.
0: I agree. I mean, man, got it done at Bristol too, man. Bristol Night Race. So that was that was another one that just no one saw coming. Shout out to our guy Jacob, actually. Yeah, uh, Jacob he, Kelly Lewis, did. Yeah, dude. He he knew he knew it was coming. He big big fucking seventeen This yeah.
1: insane. He called <laughs> it like a year ago. Like who's gonna call that a year? Yeah, ago? I'm telling y'all. I can hear him now. I'm telling you, yeah. He's a cons- <laughs> fucking conspiracy. It's like Alex Jones of NASCAR. Except it actually something actually came true. Oh my difference.
0: God. Yeah, exactly. It was beautiful. Well, no, this is uh this has been good. It's been good to reminisce on the year. Um, it, it was a fantastic year. And and we'll we'll have some more stuff that we'll reminisce on. Let us know what you guys want to hear about the 2022 NASCAR season, uh, maybe some of our experiences. We'll be back uh next week with some more uh we'll we'll have another topic for you. We'll put it that way. And uh, you know, hit us up in the Discord as always. The Garage Guys Discord is free. Don't ever forget it. And you can follow me at Garage Guy Chase. You can follow Dale at Dale Tanheart That goes for all social media. And make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. Uh, we, we, we're we definitely doing a lot of fun stuff. BWB, the season uh, finale, is live. It's out. You can go catch up on all those episodes, all the skits, and uh, everything else that we put together on that show. And then if you get lonely, And you miss betting on NASCAR, you can always just tune in to Dale Center. It's right there. It's waiting for you.